self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we We are are conversation Conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red and we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful fantastic episode you can find me on twitter and instagram at mr m-i-s-t-e-r underscore on point and on tiktok at eddie b talking and eddie b eating and i can be found on instagram at red underscore calamity um if you have a question or a reddit letter or anything that you would like for news whatever that you would like for us to respond to on the show you can send it to our gmail account which is conversation con artist at gmail.com or you can send it to the aforementioned uh social media accounts but i don't think we have any this week we do not okay do you want to do your question first or do you want to do letters it's a letter Oh, it's a letter. Yeah, it's just okay. it's a letter. It's the whole thing, and we'll, we'll talk about how we feel about how what happened with it. Okay. So you can go. We can go in our regular order. Okay. Let's see. Would I be the asshole if I let, if I sent my son to live with his grandfather's due to my best friend and two kids moving in? Am I the asshole for reporting my neighbor's crying baby to our landlord? It's a baby. Like, girl, what are they supposed to do? Um, am I the asshole for telling my younger sister to either tidy up her messy hair or she won't be allowed to attend our father's funeral, grandfather's funeral? Um, last week. Yeah, I, I still want to do that one. <laughs> I, I want to hear that one. Uh, let's just do that one. Because it's like, what could I have possibly looked like that make you feel like you need to say that shit, bro? Man, why you know white people be doing it? Some shit might be matted up and goddamn like it's a... You, it's so many crazy shits white people have be looking like. <laughs> they act like it can't look like some shit that's unacceptable to, you know, fucking civilized white people. Even though some people will argue that no white people are civilized, but, you know, <laughs> I'll get wrong for there to be white civilization. Well, you know, I always pick the ones that have been deemed assholes, so Reddit thinks that she's a dick for this. Let's see why. Um, a little while back, our beloved grandfather passed away. He lived a very long and happy life. He was 98 years old. So rather than having a mournful funeral, my parents wanted the event to be more of a celebration of grandpa's life. I, a 24-year-old male, was at my parents' house for the weekend in order to attend our grandfather's funeral. I and my parents were all ready and waiting for my 14-year-old sister, Christina. We usually just call her Chris to hurry up. Chris used to be a sweet person, but nowadays she fancies herself a cool rebel. In reality, she's a bit of a brat. I mean, boy, she's your sister 14. That's what teenagers are like. Chris came downstairs and her hair was unacceptably messy. Actually, her hair is always long and messy. However, our mother and grandmother insist that her untidy hair makes her look cute. And so Chris just keeps it this way. I know it sounds weird, but I felt like the least my little sister could do was straighten her hair out and look more formal and respectful. I wasn't in the mood to deal with her usual bullshit that day, so I bluntly told her to tidy up her hair or don't come to the funeral. My sister responded by swearing at me, and I got into a short but vicious verbal fight with her. In the end, Chris was crying, and she was furious at me, as were both of my parents. We all arrived at the funeral somewhat late, and Christina was the only one in our family who was crying during the funeral. Sir. <laughs> Bro, fuck I'm him. A, I'm going to say he was grieving. 
and just lost his goddamn mind because, sir, you took this thing that was supposed to be about your grandfather and made it about you. That's all you did. You talk about she being disrespectful and how much you wanted this to be a celebration of his life. You fucked that up because you took the focus off of that and put it on your sister's hair. Well, not even your sister's hair, on your bad behavior about your sister's hair because everybody was mad at you because you made a big deal out of something that didn't really need to be a fucking big deal. So I'm going to assume that this was grief talking (laughs) and you was just so in your feelings about losing grandpa. But yes, you're an asshole for that, sir. It's who gives a fuck? Who really gives a fuck? And she wore her hair like this all the time. So it's not like she fucked and everybody it up. else approves it. Like if you had some say in your granddaddy's funeral, why you let your mom and them turn it to a fucking party? <laughs> like what make you think you are the arbiter of who can be there and who can't? Boy, I would have hit that nigga in the back of the head with a cast iron skillet and left his ass on the floor. <laughs> Which he my brother would tell me I couldn't come to my goddamn granddaddy's funeral. <laughs> oh, One of us cow. ain't coming, nigga, and it ain't going to be by motherfucking choice. Let me tell you something, okay? Currently, my hair is uh, purple, but it was red, uh, hence my name. I guess I would be Calamity Purple at this point. But um, I, my, I wish one of my brothers would have been like, um, you're not going to dye your hair black for the funeral? I'm going to black your fucking eyes. If you don't get out of my goddamn face, that's what's finna happen. But my brothers know better. And and none of them wouldn't have came up and said no shit to me anyway. So this would never have happened because them niggas know better. Don't come at me with that shit. Might have been purple for however fucking long it's been purple, my nigga. You really think that I'm finna fucking change it for I didn't change my hair for a job to pay my bills. They're gonna change my hair for this fucking funeral. And grand granddaddy saw my hair. Okay, this is what he know I look like. So you can kiss my ass. <laughs> like, no. Your sister been wearing her hair like that. You're being a dick. Again, I'm going to assume and hope that this was just your grief talking. And just this is not what, how you are regularly. Because if this is how you are regularly, you're a dick. That ain't had nothing to do with you. Yeah, man. Like I said. I ought to beat your fucking ass telling me where I can't go. My, or I would have said, okay, go ahead. And then I would have called an Uber and got there and then let him act the fucking fool in front of everybody else so he'll look like a dumbass. You can't come in here because your hair is messy. So everybody can say, well, shut the fuck up. What's wrong with you? I always look like that all her life. You know it make her look cute. Shut the fuck up. Come on in, girl. So... His update. Some people here suggest that Chris's hair is naturally curly, but that's not the case. It's naturally plain and straight, but the way my sister does things, her hair is just kind of all over the place, like a rock musician kind of look. In my opinion, not an appropriate aesthetic for a funeral. The fact that you use words like aesthetic. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here, sir. He sounds like the kind of person, well, he's 24. He shouldn't even be living at home and no shit like that. He don't live at home because he said he came home for the funeral, so he don't live there. He sound like somebody who have low contact with his folks anyway. He sound like he don't fit in with his family anyway. That's what it sound like to me. It sound like he probably don't agree with much they talking about and the way that he perceives shit, he perceives formalities in a certain type of way or how you should dress and things. If his parents was okay with her hair and he's not, 
it seemed like he one of them motherfuckers that's deviated from the family norms. Because the fact that the matter is, like this was one of the parents' father. <laughs> Somebody lost their daddy, and they weren't acting like that. <laughs> like, they weren't saying this about their father. This was your grandfather. Like, so yeah. Um, basically, everybody in the comments is like, um, he's an asshole because he made it about him. The sister's hair had been looking like that. So, like, why were you even saying anything? Um, you're not her parent. The parents are in charge of parenting. That's what one person said. You decided to start the argument, a pointless argument. Very true. Um, why are OP's feelings and point of view more important than anyone else? Where does he get off imposing what he thinks is right on other people? So much of what he wrote shows he is an asshole. The funeral was supposed to be a celebration of his life. Parents and grandmother like this. Parents and grandmother like this cute look. Probably the grandfather liked it too. I sense a lot of jealousy from OP. Chris hadn't even spoken to OP, but apparently he views her as dealing out bullshit already. OP needs to, needed to chill the fuck out. He was taking out his grieving for his grandfather on his sister. And to top it off, imagine crying at a funeral. I mean, who does that? It brings shame to the family to cry at a funeral. <laughs> what? They, that was sarcasm at the end. Oh. I'm sure. Man, fuck him. Yeah, he's a dick. That's sure. His little explanation didn't help shit. No. He had, like, she was gro- doing, um, what are they called? The, um... Uh, what are they called? Like the dreads that you just let grow. You don't free like freeform dreads. Like he had like she started some freeform dreads and shit. Now dreads on white people always look weird to me. Freeform dreads just really make them look terrible. Like yeah. that don't work for them. <laughs> don't look right. No. <laughs> like a hairball on the head. It just looked like you didn't let your hair get matted as fuck. And not that it's a style, but just that you fucking lazy and haven't been doing it. <laughs> Most of the time, it is matted when it's like freeform. If you want some locks that look like mm, something organized, you got to do them on purpose. You got to use like a crochet needle for white people. They shit ain't going to do that on its own like black folks have to. They just ain't going to do that. It ain't thick enough. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and read this one that I got. Okay. And we'll go do that one. It's kind of long, but, you know, it's fine. All right. What my, I'm a 37-year-old man, wife, a 35-year-old female, did during our separation makes me want to make it permanent. Oh, shit. All right. My wife and I have been married for six years. We have no children. Last July, tensions were high between us. I'm an essential worker. I work the night shift and sleep during the day while she's at work. Wait. She was working. I'm sorry. How old is this letter? It's a year old. Why was he still calling himself an essential worker? This ain't a year old. It's so, apparently, it's been posted a bunch of times. The original post was 2021 September. I feel like that was still late to be calling yourself. No, (laughs) this was right in essential worker COVID. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, I heard a work. I hadn't heard that in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is old post, but people keep reposting this shit. Okay. Um, I'm an essential worker. I work the night shift and sleep during the day while she's at work. She was working from home doing due to COVID and was very loud. 
this kept waking me up and making me a very crabby person. So I was admittedly very short with her and she was not accommodating to me at all. As a result, the time we did have together was very tense between us. It's normally a very happy time, but we weren't able to enjoy it at all. We made the decision to do a trial separation, both go to therapy separately and try couples therapy after a few months. As was my as my company was frontline, they offered to put us up in a hotel so as not to risk our family. So I took advantage of this and moved out. I asked my wife for ground rules. My exact wording was so that I understand this. Are we seeing other people during this time? She angrily replied, if that's the first place your mind goes, then maybe it's not even worth it. I want to save our marriage, not give you an opportunity to go screw around. I apologize and assure her that I only wanted to understand where we stood. So over the past year, I've been in therapy. I've talked to my boss and got my shift at work changed to the day shift because I realized that the night shift was really taking a toll on my mental health. I've learned to be firm, but open and communicative, but not bottle things up. I honestly feel so much better about myself as a person. My wife and I started couples counseling at the beginning of this year, and it's been really great for both of us. We were open about what was wrong, both recognized the faults that we had, and both committed to wanting to make things better. We made the decision for me to move back in next month and bring the separation to an end. During our most recent session, our counselor asked if I had completely broken off any relationships that I had during our separations. I replied I didn't have any relationships during our separations. We established ground rules that this wasn't about having fun with other people. It was about getting better for our relationship to survive. My wife replied, we never established that as a ground rule. I what? quoted her words back to her and she responded, well, I was letting you know that shouldn't be your main focus. I mean, if you were just going to go fool around with random women and not try to improve yourself, then there was no point in trying to save things. Mm -hmm. I responded, so you were using weasel words to have things both ways. Did you date anyone? She unashamedly stated that she had slept with seven men during the past year, <laughs> that it was perfectly allowed and I was free to be with someone else if I so chose. She stated that if I didn't want that, I should have clearly stated it. I countered that when I tried to broach it, she got angry and shut the subject down and now she wants to rewrite history. I told her at this point, I need to think if I want to move in again or even try anymore because it's clear that she treated last year as a free pass sleep around on me. She says that I need to grow up and get over it. I responded, see, that's where you're wrong. I don't need to do either of those things. I just need to get over you. And after today, I feel like that's going to be the easier thing to do. She insists that I'm in the wrong on this and that when you're separated, it's completely understood that you're free to see other people. Honestly, this behavior, the weasel words, deliberately ambiguous statements, and the constant deflection are the things that triggered me to blow up at her in the past. And the fact that it's still happening is just leading me to feel like I need to file for divorce and walk away. Am I making too much of this? I feel like I've made so much progress in therapy, and I know she has too, but I just feel disgusted every time I look at her. I feel like she cheated on me, and I get so angry. I don't know if there's any way to move forward with her. She keeps saying she did everything right, and I need to stop trying to punish her because I didn't explore while I could. Would I be the worst person in the world for filing for divorce at this point? I feel like I'm too close to this situation and can't think straight. What the hell do I even do at this point? I've been working for a year to fix my marriage, and I thought she was too. Now I feel like we've been working on opposite teams. Too long, didn't read. My wife and I separated for a year in order to work ourselves out of marriage. She stated that this was not a time to find outside partners, but slept with seven men in a year. Now claims we never established that as a rule. She wants to end the separation, and I don't know if I want to after learning this. Your wife is a bitch, first of all. <laughs> okay, let's just start there. What the fuck kind of shit is that? He mentioned seeing other people. You lose your shit if that's what you're wanting to do. And so... Y'all make it clear y'all are not going to do that because you get upset at the mentioning of it. And then you go on to just have your little hot girl summer for you while he over here working on himself and trying to work to get back to you. You. <sighs> and motherfucker went and worked on himself like a motherfucker, too. 
truly didn't play around. Did exactly <laughs> what was set out to be done. Bro, your wife is a bitch. Uh, and, it, and really, like, I'm glad she worked on herself and whatever, but, like, you you can't act like this is not a big deal. And then that's the other part, is that she ain't even willing to, like, admit her fuck-up. She out here trying to gas like you and be like, I never said that. Yes, the fuck you did, bitch. <laughs> you think I wouldn't have been out here fucking if you... <laughs> she I took, can't. like, the first seven words of her sentence of all the little things she did and said, no. I meant that shouldn't be your first focus. <laughs> like, if your first focus about us separating is for you to go and find somebody else to mess around with, we shouldn't even do this. Okay. How is somebody else supposed to take that? Is somebody else supposed to be like, oh, because if that wasn't the case, if it was the if shit was flipped on the other side and he was like, Well, you said it just shouldn't be my first focus, which it wasn't, then that shit like you, it was no win in this situation. It's no win. Lose, lose. She's a terrible human for that. Again, it's it's not even necessarily that she did it. It's the gaslighting of him when he confronts her about it and trying to make him seem like he's crazy. And, oh, you just mad at me because you didn't take an opportunity that you knew that you had. He didn't know he had the opportunity because of what you said. So the gaslighting is why I'm like, fuck her. Because, like, She's still doing that. Like, even with the the progress that she's made in her individual counseling, when it came down to her having to admit that something she did something wrong, she immediately go back into what she was doing before. Which showed me that you, because the way you know that you're doing better is when you're faced with a problem and you respond to it differently. That's how we know. Anybody can say shit. It's easy to say that shit, right? But you have to be able to act those behaviors out. And when given an opportunity for her to act out what she's learned in her individual therapy, she fucking failed. So now, I don't think that you're <laughs> blowing this out of proportion. Your wife is a bitch. Seven niggas in a year and you were separated. You weren't like divorced and you were supposed to be working on this shit and you fucked seven people. And that's what you're admitting to. I don't even know if it was just seven. That's fucked up. That is very fucked up. His wife ain't shit. The fuck? I bet she had somebody to call the week after he moved out. Probably. I think women always got like that person. Everybody say that, but I don't. I don't. But I'm weird, so I guess I can't go by yeah, me. You, we can't count you. You. You are weird. You isolated. You different. Because I, everybody like dudes have said it to me before, and I'm like, nigga, who? No, yeah, no, you don't give like <clears throat> you don't give people no kind of vibe. That means be close to me in some capacity. <laughs> and, and, and and the nigga who end up close to you, he'd be like, I don't know how the fuck I got here, fellas. <laughs> I don't know how I got here, but y'all ain't get here. I tell you that. <laughs> Not while I'm here. <laughs> and yeah. then when I'm gone, I still don't know how that shit gonna happen. Anyway, so the update is the part where me and you gotta have a conversation. Okay. And I think you'll know why when I, when I read it. Okay. I've gotten a few requests for updates, and as much as I'm embarrassed over this whole thing, I think it helps to get it out. We're getting divorced. Okay. Shortly after the big revelation, our counselor asked to speak to me one-on-one. She told me, you need to walk away for your own health. You've made so much progress and so many positive changes. This won't work unless you're both trying, and Tina is not trying. This can't all be on you because she'll keep dragging you back down. She told me that she was crossing a line by telling me what to do, but she literally could not sleep after finishing up our session and seeing the look on my face. 
when I thought about it, she's right. I've been using this time to become better, a better, more well-rounded person while my wife has been using it as a free pass to act like a teenager and has kept up the deceitful gaslighting behaviors that plagued our marriage for far too long. When I told her it was over, she broke down sobbing. She begged me not to leave, told me that I could have a free pass to go do what I wanted to get even and swore that if I had been clear, she would never have touched another man. I have to admit, I felt myself wanting to say yes because for a second she was the woman I fell in love with again, but it was just a second that I knew it end and we'd be back to walking on eggshells and playing head games soon enough. I told her that we both deserved better than the people that we had been to each other and the fact that she thought I wanted revenge and still blamed me for her actions told me that she hadn't learned to be better. She told me she'd do anything to make it work and ask what I wanted to see from her. I told her that I'd seen everything I needed from her, and if she can only be better when divorce became a reality, then she hadn't made the progress I believe she had before that session. I served her with papers and am moving forward with the divorce. She asked me to please resume counseling sessions, but I refused. I know it's the right decision, but I feel very conflicted. There's something inside me that feels like I'm doing wrong, even though I know it's the only way I'll eventually be happy. That so, therapist is trash. You do not do that. So, okay, is the therapist trash or is the therapist unprofessional? She's unprofessional. She's I'm, unprofessional. We can all agree that she's unprofessional. She stepped over a boundary that on paper you ain't supposed to step over. What would it take for you to what would it take for you to do something like that if you ever would? <clears throat> like what if there is an illusion of what? What is there? Is, uh, a client alludes to the idea of being violent, but not the idea enough to report. Like, it, it, what would make you be? Is there anything that'll make you be like, I'm going to let this other client know because I don't think this is a good situation. It has to be something really, really bad. It wouldn't be this situation that was going on with him because. One of the reasons why you don't do that is because you're now responsible for the outcome. In the mind of that client, they do what you said. You're responsible for that outcome now because you told them to do it. And so if they do it and shit hit the fan, you're responsible for that. So, <clears throat> okay, so let's reframe how it was done. Let's say that it wasn't done by saying you should leave. What if it was done by saying your wife been playing around this whole time, blah, 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 but w without telling them what to do. Does that I mean, make I do it that all the time. Like, so, I'm going to be a mirror. I'm going to show you what, like, if you want to stay, gotcha. that's your business. But I'm going to be a mirror and show you what this shit really look like. Now, what you decide to do with it, I'm going to support you in that, even if I feel like uh, this is not what the fuck you need to do. But, like, I never say you need to leave, no matter what the fuck gotcha. is going on. But yeah. I'll show you your shit now. I'm going to be a mirror for you to see it yeah. so that you really see what this shit look like, and then you can make a decision based off of that. But, like, I don't tell people what to do ever. Have you worked with couples? Yes, unfortunately. Fucking so, hate that so shit. So let's just get this out there. Everybody, <clears throat> me, and, me and Red do not like working with couples, okay? Hate that shit. <laughs> we both work with couples because we can. We're capable of doing it. And, you know, the version of me that don't like working with couples, love working with couples for that hour that I'm with them. But in general, I do not like working with couples. <laughs> okay? It, it's, it's a, a headache, headache in yes. a lot of different ways. Jesus. And <clears throat> in my counseling, and in a lot of counselors I know, and I didn't do this at the beginning. You know, I had to learn this and be informed about this and figure out what's the best, is that I have a, I have a policy in couples counseling that if I know about it, it's fair game. For the other person to know about it 
Now, we can spend time getting you ready to tell them about something, but if I know about it, it can be brought up by me if I feel like it need to be brought up. I'm not yeah. going to be the one that holds secrets. So I make sure... It, yeah. yeah. So I if you sure. want that shit told, if you don't want that shit told, don't tell me. If you got something to tell, everybody needs to know. I make sure that my clients understand that my client in this situation is the couple. It ain't you. It ain't her. It's the couple. And because the couple is my client, I can't keep shit. Because that's the couple is my client, not y'all individually. And that's how I maneuver through that. <clears throat> I treat it as the couple itself is what my client is. It's not these individual people within the couple because individual counseling is something different altogether. Now, let me tell you what happened to me. <laughs> I had a, a same-sex couple. Okay. And the... I worked with them starting off as a couple. And one of them that was a substance abuse counselor left. And it was just the other person I was working with whose dad died, and I just worked with them through grief. Mm -hmm. We got through working together. They came back a year later and wanted relationship counseling separately. So I started working with them separately. And the first day that I started working with the one that originally left broke out and told me that they had an affair with somebody that they worked with. Not just somebody they worked with, but a client that they had. So it was like they had some ethical shit going on. Oh, they, they, they job. And I... I didn't tell the other person about that. I was like, that's that's not what I'm focusing on. But before we even got to a point where we can figure out what to do with that information, the other one, told, she told the other one that I already knew <gasps> about what had happened because they had told me. And me and that other person had worked together for some time. Well, I could have said, but it's like, and I so I had to be confronted by that situation of them saying, well, they told me that you knew. And it was like, it was not my place to tell that. I mean, this if you, was an individual, yeah. Yeah, if you understand. But from that, I don't keep nobody fucking secrets. You tell me some shit, it's some shit that can be told. Now, I try to work with you through it and give some time, but I'm going to let you know it's need to be told. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At some point to work through it. But those so that, that, pieces like that is why I fucking hate working with couples. Like, it's that yeah. shit that makes it a headache. <laughs> so for some people, who don't have these kind of boundaries set up in their couples counseling, they may see the issue being that something that one person told their therapist confidentially, because this was information she learned in individual counseling, that could be a breach of that client's confidentiality, right? Because this ain't, this, presumably this ain't some shit she learned in couples counseling, mm -hmm. right? So if this therapist learned this stuff in the other the woman's individual counseling and then told the husband about that that can be a problem for their license especially <clears throat> huh go ahead particularly if this husband told a wife what well, my therapist told me to leave you alone that that would be a very very big problem for that therapist yeah but second you should like don't give advice your therapist don't give advice if your therapist is giving you advice you need to be skeptical of how that re relationship is being maintained. Because like I said, if I tell you to go down to the corner and make peace with the dude you done got into it with and you get your head busted, I got your head busted. I am yeah. not putting myself in a position to get you harmed because of that. And so 
I'm with Red. It's like I definitely would say you should leave. I would say let's talk about the reality of what's happened between both of y'all's individual journeys together. Yeah. You have worked hard on becoming who you are, and she is still displaying signs of being somebody who had who is gaslighting, who is not honest, who is still blaming you for these things, who is not respectful of the fact that you thought that this was an arrangement if it wasn't, and she's just not respecting your experience through this moment. You know, not only that, it does not seem that she's taking the journey that she's undergone as seriously as you have. You know, now with that information, you can do what you will. Continue yeah. the relationship in this way. Leave the relationship if you deem it so necessary. But I just want to let you know that piece. <clears throat> um, but yep. I definitely would say you should leave. Hell no. You never say that. That's counseling one on one. You don't give advice. Um, and back to what you were saying before, that's one of the reasons why I see people in one capacity only. If I am seeing a couple, we're going to find you somebody else to see individually, both pieces of the couple. I'm not going to see either one of y'all individually and see you as a couple because, then, yeah, it's hard to keep those boundaries and not take stuff that was in individual counseling into the couple. So I only see people in one capacity. If I start out seeing you individually and you say that you need couples counseling, I'll help you find a couples counselor. But it ain't going to be me because I have built a rapport with you and I know all of your background stuff. And I'm not going to be able to be the middle unbiased party that I need to be because I know so much more of you, of you and not him. Or vice versa. If I started out as a couple, I'm not going to get to know one of y'all more in an individual setting by doing individual counseling. So I only see people in one capacity. And I've had people ask before, like, I'll see them individually and they would be like, can you do our couples counseling? No. No, I cannot. <laughs> I can help you find somebody, give you some referrals, but I will not be doing it because I'm your individual therapist and it's just too hard to keep those boundaries and it shit gets all confused and shit. So I just see people in one capacity. will not see you in multiple capacities. And then I don't have to worry about trying to fucking keep shit separate. You know how many people a therapist sees? Like I don't have, <laughs> it's hard for me to keep up with shit as it is. And now the cabin to keep up with this to make sure that I'm not fucking up my, the services that I'm rendering by saying something I shouldn't say, I'm not going to even risk that. So you either going to see me individually or you're going to see me as a couple, but you will not see me as both ever. I do not do that shit. It's just too hard to keep, keep everything separated. So got to pick one. <laughs> and then I help you find the other one, <laughs> whatever it is that you need. We, we, there's plenty of referrals that could be made. So, but yeah, but yeah, that's that's what that was. I just wanted to, <laughs> the therapist piece came into play, bro. Soon as you said, she's uh, you need to leave, sir or ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. What are you doing? No, you don't ever do that, and you can mess up your relationship with the the client as well because they're gonna blame you. You told me to do this thing. And this shit blew up in my fucking face. This is your fault. That's what you're going to get when you give out advice. And that's why you don't. And you'll have clients ask you for their shit. I'll have clients, what do I need to do? I can't tell you what to do. I, we can look at the choices that you have and make sure that you have all the information that you need so that you can decide. But I can't tell you what to do. That's not my place to tell you what to do. 
Now, I can help you look go through the pros and the cons of each of these situations and look at this in the most realistic way possible. And then from there, you will be free to decide what it is that you want to do. But as far as me telling you what the fuck to do, that will not happen. Because <laughs> I ain't going to be responsible for this shit. At all. At all. And I think that sometimes people misunderstand what counseling is and think that that's what we do. We are not advice givers. <laughs> that's not, it's not what, my life is not in a place where I, we need to give anybody no goddamn advice about nothing. <laughs> I use my training to help you see what your life looks like and help you decide what you want to choose. But I am not somebody who needs to be telling you what to do. My shit ain't together. Okay. I struggle my fucking self. How I'm going to tell you. Let's be clear. There does, that does not mean that there aren't therapists out there who give advice. That doesn't mean that you have been somebody who therapists haven't given advice to before. I mean, uh, and, and there's ways to give clients your perspective on things without it being framed as something that you think they should do. You know, and I, I mean, my clients would directly ask me, what would you do, Mr. Sharp? And I'd be like, listen, I just want to make sure you know that what I do is not a bearing on what I think you should do. Mm-hmm. You should make a, a, a question based on your life. Now, I also won't answer that question. That's how I answer the question. Mm-hmm. But if they really, really want my insight and my input, I break it down for them in, in how I make decisions and how I came to that decision. And maybe even go to how I've made decisions like this for the last 25 years as to make sure that they know that like a process of how to make appropriate decisions is something that you have to begin at some point and end up at better decision making. And so I tell them, but it's like, I don't think that'll work for your situation. So it's ways for a therapist yeah. to communicate what they'll do. You know what I'm saying? But because you should never directly just say, yeah. don't do this. Or because do this. that's the reality. When a therapist tells you advice, they're only telling you through the lens of what they would do most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like it takes a very specific introspective type of therapist to be able to put themselves truly in your shoes and give you the advice of what you should do specifically. Yeah. You know, most people are telling you with the biased lens of what they would do. And I ain't here to tell you what I would do about shit. If that were the case, I'd just be like, write all your problems down and I'll write down what I do on the (laughs) motherfuckers and then you can go do the shit. That's not what it is. Therapy is meant to learn how you perceive what your life is to be. And to try to help you come up with how you feel like you would get there and then help fill in the communication and character and the gaps that lie in you being able to get to that place that you've identified. Yeah. And I tell my clients right up, listen, I am trying to help you get to where you said you want to go. <laughs> that's the only thing I'm trying to do. And, and that's as long thing- as you say, as long yep. as you stick with that place being where you want to go. That's the only place I'm going to try to get. Now, when you tell me this is another direction I want to go in, then I'll be an advocate for that. I'm not making no decisions of where you should go on my own. They only coming from you. Yep. My therapeutic goals come from you telling me. Because when you leave this, I spend, you know, 50, 60 minutes with you. When you leave this office, you got to go out and live life. And so we need to be doing things that make sense for the life that you live in outside of this office. It sounds cute in here, but is this useful for you out there? Because that's what really matters. This is just a small little section of your day. Once once a week, tw- every uh, once every two weeks, or however often that you're coming. So the, the goals have to make sense for you. Um, but <clears throat> to bring this full circle, 
part of the reason why we named this uh, con- uh, podcast Conversation Con Artist is because that's what you do. <laughs> you con the conversation. You have to find ways to, to get your point across and to say things and to get clients to understand things. And so you have to be very good at doing that so that you're not giving out advice. Showing somebody what their, their life look like requires finessing a conversation <laughs> sometimes. And you got to break the shit down. So, like, when some, somebody come to my office and be like, yeah, uh, I'm struggling with my relationship. My wife got gangbanged by 20 men last weekend, and I found out about it, and they saw the video, and I have no idea what to do. Christ. And, like, in my head, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you need to get the fuck out of that relationship, bro. But what the way that that starts off is... Tell me what's important to you about this relationship enough that you are in conflict with what you should do versus knowing what you should do. And then let they go tell me, well, I want to stay in it because of this, but I want to I want to leave because she got gang banged by 20 dudes. And it's <laughs> like, OK, now let's break down what's because because that, that's that's the goal. It's like, how am I helping them see the healthy direction? Right. Mm-hmm. And the healthy direction in that situation as far as cheating goes, is leave, really. But you can help me understand in your world why staying with that person is important. Because let's say that this person was with you when you threw substances and when you got out of jail and when you did all these things. You know, but then the thing becomes, now, if you don't want that to happen again in your relationship, you need to create these boundaries so that if she do these things again, she know and you know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah. So it's like, you guys got to know what direction you go. I tell my class, I say, tell me what direction we going in and we'll go that direction. But I need to know what direction it is. Yeah. So, um, and that's what, again, I think sometimes people don't appreciate the difficulty that goes into doing this line of work. But it's very nuanced and you can fuck it up really easy. And these are people that are counting on you for their mental health. And that will listen to you. Like, there's a, there is definitely, I try to like bring it down, but there's always that power dynamic that exists where they feel like you're up here and telling them. And I definitely try to shift that shit. We, I, I'm not up here. Don't put me up there. <laughs> Please don't do that shit. I, I be strategically in, introducing bullshit that I got going on for people to be like, <laughs> oh, damn. Hey, you be having <laughs> shit going on like that? Yes, I fucking do, bro. Yep. It ain't no goddamn, ain't no way around the shit. Okay, no. as a therapist, well, look, we all suffer from the same human condition. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It is toxic. It is killing us, and and we ain't gonna get out of it alive. No, that that, that, that we all suffer that same human condition. You know, so yeah, I got shit that go on sometimes too. Goddamn, I mean, looking at me like I'm perfect. Yeah, mm-mm. you do not want to emulate my fucking life. I promise. I be telling kids, man. I be so I be so harsh with kids at certain points sometimes, man. I be like, um, cause you know when me and a kid will get into a back and forth about something that they think is unhealthy that they should do, and I think that is like, well, I think that is unhealthy, and they think that is healthy, and I be like, listen, I really don't care what you do, because <laughs> I've chosen my life, and after this session, I'm gonna go home, play the game I want to play because I bought it, eat the food I want to eat because I like it. And then I'm going to have a good day, and then I'm going to come back tomorrow and do the same shit with other people. Your decision don't impact me. I'm just <laughs> telling you the reality of the situation. I'll be like, I'll be having to get like that with some kids sometimes. You, have to. you know what I'm saying? Because what them kids need to hear is that, like, because most of the adults in their life 
are people who who the kid's success had they the kid hold on what am I trying to say this the child's success the adults around them have invested themselves in that child's success yeah you know and so those children can use that shit as leverage right so I be thinking some kids need to hear that's nobody give a fuck about your future like, nope. if you want to smoke crack under a bridge, go for it, buddy. Not crack. <laughs> you know, you're going to have a struggle life. <laughs> I'll say it as abruptly and overt as I do now. And, you know, I, I've i learned at what points I get to in those conversations to be able to have this healthily without the kid saying, fuck you. Because at a certain point, a kid could say that. But, like, I have pinpointed it to where I know when to say these things. To where a kid be like, damn, Mr. Shark got point. Damn, I ain't even think about it like that. Nobody mm-hmm. really gonna care after I turn 18, is they? Man, because all your parents is like, no, you need to get these good grades. You need that. They, they invested in a child's success. The child be like, fuck y'all and y'all success. I'm gonna make an F just to make y'all mad, nigga. <laughs> okay, you keep making them, making nigga mad, Fs, and you see where you're gonna end up. Yeah, you're not punishing them. You're punishing you. You're trying to get out the house, and what you're doing is making sure that you're going to have to fucking stay with them forever. Is that what you want? Because that's what you're doing. So, yeah. It's nuanced, man. And this is why not everybody is supposed to do this job. Everybody's not capable of doing this. Because it is so nuanced, and there are so many ways you can fuck up. If you don't know what you're doing and you got to be unbiased. I didn't help clients with shit that I would never have done, <laughs> but that's what they wanted to do. And it wasn't going to be, uh, hurt them. And that's what they said that their goal was. So that's what the fuck we did. Okay. I don't, you know, there's a judgment free zone and some people can't do that. Some people can't have somebody come in and say, I got game banged over the weekend without being judgy. That ain't my fucking business. That is not my my vagina. If that's what you want to do, okay, let's. Or were you safe? Like, let's talk about that. But like, I, it's not my place to sit in judgment of anybody that come in my office for anything that they've done. And that's probably one of the hardest parts for some for some people. I think is not yeah. sitting in judgment because like I it think, ain't my fucking life. Yeah, I think <laughs> a lot business. of people who aren't therapists. If they had to conceptualize one part about therapy that would be hard, it's just being fully open to whoever walks in. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a, a a trans man or a trans woman walk in, would you be able to do that session objectively? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, if or you if had a, a, a pedophile or a murderer you. walk in, yeah. could you do something about? Like, it's anybody can walk in, and if you don't check your own biases and you are not a person that can restructure your way of thinking to a from scratch dealing with a person from you know somebody who's trying to have help and what they're trying to accomplish versus what they and who they are you know you ain't gonna do the shit you can't do the shit no can you be a christian and help an atheist or a jehovah's witness or a muslim or somebody from a different faith than yours and help them stay within the confines of their faith and the things that you suggest for them like it's it's not even like all the time like huge things right like trans issues they could they literally be a question of faith they have a different faith from you and you have to be respectful of their faith and you can't be giving up saying things to them based off of what your belief system is yeah you can't cross those lines and I think sometimes with like friends that I've had this conversation with and people who aren't therapists on TikTok and in other places 
it comes off as feeling like this self-righteous sense of, you know, being better as it pertains to people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reality is the way that I exist, like the reality is if you if you have a struggle with using people's um, trans names and accepting their pronouns uh, or, or using people's dead names or accepting like people who talk about their same sex relationships or people who are, if you are of a particular religion and you despise the other religions, if you, if you have those internal issues, you're, you're not somebody that would be suitable for working as a counselor where anybody can walk into your office with any issue, you know, same for a woman who, you know, who shit on men all the time or men that shit on women all the time. If a woman could walk into your office as that man or a man could walk into your office as that woman, you just not a candidate for that. Now, don't get me wrong. You can't be a niche therapist. You can't be a woman who say, I work with women who've been abused. And you can be a man who say, I work with men who have these kind of issues, you know, but um, I think when we had these conversations and I correct people and I be like, you know, well, this is what trans means. This is why it's important to understand these things. This is what I think people look at it as like this, like, self-righteousness like i'm trying to be better or something like that mm-hmm. but the reality is i had to struggle to learn this shit too i had to struggle to get this shit right too like this i didn't wake up with this shit like being like this <laughs> is work and energy and things that you have to actively keep up with even though we may not even always understand the thing or get the thing but it's like when a person sit in front of in front of me with their humanity and their struggles i try really really hard to be somebody who can understand that plight and become somebody who never goes back to the way of how I was when I didn't understand it. Yeah. I mean, and you could be a niche therapist, but you don't start out that way. You know what I'm saying? Like when you, when you're beginning, you're probably going to be working somewhere because that it's only going to be a few places that are going to hire you like out of grad school without any experience, without a full license. And and so you're going to have people coming in because you got to work your way up. Even becoming a niche therapist, you don't start out that way. Like you're going to work wherever the fuck you can work to get your hours and all of that stuff at the beginning. So I think niche therapy, that's something you can do later, but I don't even know that you can like come out the gate saying, I'm only going to work with this group of people. And the thing about it is, it don't matter what group you say you're going to work with, you're going to deal with a lot of a large variety of people. Okay. Gay people have crisis of faith. Gay people have substance use issues. They have relationships issues. So being a substance abuse counselor doesn't mean you won't have to work with no gay people. Being a Christian based counselor don't mean that you won't have to work with no gay people. You know, it don't matter. Like you, all kinds of people have all kinds of problems. So even if you become like a niche therapist, you can't guarantee that there's not going to be somebody that you have a problem with that walks in your office. There's no way to fully guarantee that shit. It just ain't. Yeah. I mean, you start working with a client telling you about their drug issues and, <clears throat> and six weeks down the line, found out that they've been sucking dicks for crack. <laughs> you know, and you didn't even think they had like, oh, are you gay? Like it can like, yep. That shit can transfer to them. That's what we talk about transference and countertransference. Where it's like when you don't have your shit in a row, anything yep. they could say could fuck, you know, fucking throw you all the way off and make you a different therapist for them than you've been the whole time. Yeah. And so when we go through a counseling program, that shit is helping us get all of that shit in check, all of that shit in order. It ain't just motherfuckers giving advice. Also, the information like 
our goal is not to help you like figure out a specific problem. Our whole goal is to help you figure out how to be healthy. And a lot of shit of how to be healthy is very objective. Mm-hmm. It's objective. It's objectively healthy to communicate in your relationship. Yes. It's objectively healthy not to put your hands on your partner. It's objectively healthy to have your goals aligned, right? So if those things are off, we trying to help you get there. It ain't no personal opinion about that shit. It ain't just me pulling shit out of my ass. It's a whole program of helping you understand how to direct somebody towards healthy. That's what it is. Yep. And and therapists like it's some, it's some videos I've been seeing on TikTok that I really want to stitch, but I really don't want no smoke. But uh, where they act like therapists all read from the same script, you know, a hundred percent of the time. It's like, yeah, them therapists get that degree, and then they come out here telling you this, telling you that. It's like, come on, man, you you can't be that dense in your thinking. You have to understand that there's a wide range of how people exist in these conversations and how we do the work. We don't all do it the same. We don't all have the same backgrounds, life experiences. The training is the same. The difference is going to be in who that person is. Because you're still you. I'm still very much red. Okay? I'm a professional version of her. But even the professional version of me may not be what a client needs. I would never say that any client would be happy or work with me. Right. Because I have my own way of doing things and I do have my own personality. So I make sure that I let my clients know, like, hey, if this isn't working, if, if we're not vibing, I'm not going to take offense to that shit. Let me help you find somebody that you feel comfortable with if it's not me. Because that's the thing. All of us get the same training, but like we are not all the same. And so just because you have one bad experience don't mean that you ha- therapy suck and you can't do therapy. It means that you didn't need to do therapy maybe with that therapist. But we are not all the same. We exist very differently. Which is why you can have bad experiences and good experiences. Yeah. And I would never say that every single client that I will ever have in life is always going to have a good experience with me. I mean, I try to make it that way. But at the end of the day, if you're somebody that needs a lot more like coddling, I'm not her. You're not going to want to come talk to me. Because <laughs> that is not the way that I do my therapy. And But... Even with that being the case, if you make that known, I'll help you find somebody who is better suited to you. Because it ain't going to always be me. Because we are different. It's not a monolith. Yeah. Definitely. So. Yeah. We that was good. We got to. Yeah, that was. Be therapy. I think people forget sometimes that like we are professionals. We just don't fucking sound like it. <laughs> most yeah. of the time. We do this shit in real life. Like this is the other six days of the week. That's what we're and doing. You know what? Lately, I've been getting a handle on feeling like I am doing therapy the way that I want to be doing it. I don't know what the variable is, but like, Especially over the pandemic, I feel like I, I, I maybe it's just getting back in the office with people and yeah. seeing their responses and reactions. But like as I've been getting back to therapy, I really feel like I have become a stronger therapist in a lot of different ways. It's like I, I feel like I know exactly what I'm doing more. And that's another part of therapy. Um, Somebody is telling us their lives and there's a lot of different directions that you can go 
when they're telling you those stories, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're telling you a story about their current relationship that's breaking down, you can go to, okay, I could go find out more about their childhood in terms of how they're perceiving their relationship and if they saw any healthy relationships growing up, you know, or I could also just get them to go deeper into this relationship situation and, and you know, understand the, the dynamics of that. I also could, you know, talk about their past relationships in terms of the patterns that they have in terms of what, like, you're, we're constantly assessing what to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can go in a direction in which you feel like maybe a different direction would have favored the session better. Yeah. Like it's a constant processing of how am I trying to get this person going? And on one side, we going down a maze looking for something, but they are the ones that have to uncover the thing that we're looking for while we going down the maze. Yeah. They just don't know what that <laughs> is. And we just don't know what we necessarily looking for, you know? <laughs> But when we find it, it's like, I know where I'm at. I know what to do. We got it. You know, it's kind of like, it's an interesting journey to take, which is why I was a pre-engineering major when I went to school, when I started school. I went to Auburn University as a pre-engineering major, but I come to learn that the human mind is the machine that I would rather work with than anything else that exists, any PCs or anything that's programmable. I would rather work with human mind. It's it's much more challenging. And I was looking for that kind of challenge when I was in undergrad. You know. I've always wanted to work with humans, but I was going to work with the more criminal element. Well, uh, if you looked into a crystal might. ball, if you look at so if you were back at your first year of college and looked into a crystal ball and saw your life at where it is, do you feel like you still would have chose counseling? Yeah, I think I would have made some different decisions early on in the career part of it, but I think I still would. I think I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Man, I don't know, man. I feel like if I can look into that crystal ball and see the economy and a whole bunch of other shit. Oh, now that's trash. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think I would have chose counseling still. I think if I just only saw a narrow vision of me, I think I would have chose counseling still. I don't know what I would even be doing, to be fair, if I wasn't doing this. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what I would be doing. Because like I said, I mean, my goal, my initial goal was to be a profiler for the FBI. So like human behavior, has, it was always going to be something along those lines for me. Um, I've never wanted to do anything radically different. Um so this was always going to be the path, but I thought I was going to be working for the FBI. <laughs> you know what? I, I working with serial killers and shit. That's what I thought I was going to be doing. I really think everything is broken in capitalism. I think the only thing that's not broken is being somebody who is at the top hierarchy of shit that you own shit. Yeah. But if you work for somebody, it, it's broken. Yeah. I mean, if you're a business owner, that shit broken. If you in music, that shit's broken. Like all these systems under capitalism are broken and do not favor the 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 low, the low people on the totem poles. I so I don't know what I would be thinking that I would rather do other than, than counseling. But right now, this just really fits who I am right now. You know, so this is good. Hilariously enough, everybody in my life, when I went to grad school to become a therapist, was like are you sure you want to do that? I think everybody thought I was going to be like an asshole to my clients. 
because I have such a strong personality. But I'm very much still me when I do therapy. I, I still am. I'm a, a again, I'm a more pro- a professional version of it, but I'm not like a whole different person. Like, I don't think if my clients like saw me outside of therapy that they would be like, oh, my God. She's so different. I don't I don't think it would be that way. <laughs> but my family did not think that uh, this was a good <laughs> choice. Because <laughs> they didn't think I was going to, I guess, be empathetic enough. Not, which I don't understand because I'm very empathetic, I feel. I'm going to tell you about your fucking self, but I can understand. I think empathy can be emulated. Uh, yeah. And I think that I spent some time emulating empathy. And I think you probably spent some time emulating empathy. Yeah. But I also believe that I do empathize when something that is worth empathy and worth being empathized with is there. <coughs> yeah. And, you know, that's probably one of them things that a therapist probably should never say out loud. <coughs> but it's the but, truth of it, right? Like, there are, because de- the fact of the matter is, Therapy is no different than other jobs, right? There are days when I'm in there and I don't want to be in that motherfucker. I don't want to be sitting in this office. I don't want to listen to you. I got my own shit going on. There are days when it's hard because of where I am as a human because I'm still that all day, every day. And so there are days where I have to emulate it because I don't have it in me. <laughs> like I just yeah. don't got it today. <laughs> I mean, and imagine being in a career in which every single client made you crank out your emotions and crank out your sadness and crank out your emotional experience. Yeah. You'll become emotionally fatigued at some point, you know, but clients still need to see what being empathized to look like, even if it's not a hundred percent an inherent process that you haven't at the time. Cause I think empathizing is somewhat intentional, but I think empathizing more than anything is just a reflection on your experience as it compares compares to another person's experience and how you you know react to that experience you have an internal reaction you know but i think it it changes yeah you know depending on the person yeah yeah but we had an hour that was i mean you know well we got to be professionals kind of so yeah we got to talk how we talk yeah sometimes (laughs) So, uh, so it is what it is. But uh, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about bringing news to the show on my side while you bring okay. Reddit letters. Right. I'll, I'll respond to news stories. Yeah, I, I feel like shit is amping up in which uh, I need to keep myself informed, and the best way to keep myself informed is to know that I got shit to talk about when I come here. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's what I'm gonna start doing moving forward. You're okay. gonna bring the Reddit letters, and I'm gonna bring the uh, uh, the news aspect. And All right. Go from there, if you cool with that, until I get tired of it again, and then we drop it. <laughs> okay. Then, that's how we do. Yeah. <clears throat> that said, um, you got anything else on your mind? I do not. Well, until we come to the next conversation, we out. Holla.